0: Well, welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. Today we have a kind of special edition where we've got all the Black Belt and Thinking uh, presenters, instructors, uh, you know, everybody on on this uh, podcast, and we're doing a recap of the year that was, so to speak. So we thought it might be interesting. We obviously get these huge insights being involved in so many courses, dealing with so many people, um, you know, involved in the running and the building of these courses as well, uh, and you know, sort of might be worthwhile sharing a few of those key insights, really interesting things we've come across um, in the last year as a bit of a wrap-up. Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. Uh, so before we get into that, uh, we've got Luke here, who's um, many of you will know or might have heard of as uh, the course director. And he's got a, a bunch of uh, interesting stats to, to kick us off, summarizing the year that was the Black Belt and Thinking. Over yeah, you, thanks,
1: Peter. Um, I guess... From a, from a director's standpoint, I haven't been involved from the very start, but I've really enjoyed um, the time I have spent in the role. Um, and since kind of looking back by the numbers, I'm actually not too sure. Do you know exactly when the first cohort was run? I want
0: to say February, February. Yeah,
1: so, so near the start of the year. So since then we've run seven cohorts um, in 2021 with over 113 participants um, and those 113 participants coming from over 11 countries. So really a, a worldwide course. um, And I think COVID is and doing it online is kind of just showing that time zones and countries really aren't um, a barrier for BBIT anymore. Um, And just I was talking to Jared and kind of even a little bit about these numbers and they were quite, awesome to to see. But throughout these courses, over 2,700 clouds and druids created and over 15,800 assumptions raised. So don't have an exact number on how many problems we solve for people. But um, based on those numbers, I'd say that a lot of problems were solved throughout those um, seven, seven cohorts and over 100 people. So I think it's been a good year. And Definitely keeps on growing. I mean, um, just in the time that I've been the course director, each cohort has just gotten bigger and bigger. So looking forward to what the year 2022 has to um, has to offer.
0: Well, I think we're kicking off with an even bigger one again. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. I just got some numbers, numbers this morning, and I think it's going to grow.
0: There you go. That's that's really interesting, actually. That fifteen thousand. I, I won't I won't jump into my bit straight away, but the fifteen thousand assumptions is really interesting because assumptions is one of the one of the things I want to talk about anyway. But wow, um, ah, yeah, that's a plot isn't it? One of the things we don't consider. All right, nice. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll do a bit of a round robin um, of of a couple of these questions. What I'm going to start with is. Uh, what, what the learners have got out of it so I've got a question here but uh, you guys don't need to answer it exactly you know a bit of more discussion here but essentially what's the most interesting thing or the biggest insight that you've noticed from someone else or others on the course so essentially what what's an interesting insight as to what participants have got out of got out of the course this year um do you want, do you want to kick us off Jared? yeah sure thing
2: so um I think one thing I've noticed with participants and when they, when they start learning these tools is that it really helps them to uh, think outside of the box um, and also to just sort of see their problems in a different way. And I think uh, one quote I heard recently, which I thought was quite suited, um, this course was you can't see the label of the jar you're standing in. And um, <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I mean by that is, Sometimes people's problems are actually very simple to solve, but because they're stuck in that situation, it's very difficult for them to actually um, uh, find a solution. And so these tools actually help with uh, a lot of things that uh, might seem simple, but people just don't think uh, in that moment, in those situations, they're not thinking of of solutions. I actually had an example of this myself um, uh, recently where I was running late, and I went to open the door and it didn't open. And I was going, okay, damn, this door's locked. That's kind of annoying. Um, however, when I actually stopped and sort of thought about it, I realized that I had only pulled on the door. Huh. And if you don't, you know, if you pull on a door and it doesn't open, what's the next thing you do? You push on it, right? <laughs> so I pushed the door and it was open. And so I probably had about two minutes where I was talking to someone going, oh, this, this door was locked. Like, you know, you guys closing it or something. Um, and so, when, we're in, when we have these urgent problems and situations we're involved in, it's a lot like that, you know, and I think these tools really help people to actually um, get a clear picture on the actual problem, and a lot of the time solutions just emerge from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting actually, because obviously, um, you know, the other sort of side of things that we do is, is work with customers in some kind of consulting role. Um, mm. I going to say half of, half of the benefit of that is just the fresh eyes at the situation and we're not caught up in the day-to-day. You can kind of, you can kind of see the picture more clearly. But mm. for the most part, that's what the tools do, right? That's, that's, that's what people experience is exactly what you're saying is they're just putting it down um, in clear kind of statements and you're trying to get all the fog of war is a bit extreme to say, but the, the mm. fluff of business perhaps <laughs> out of the yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah. and uh and drill it down to what's actually happening definitely
2: and and that's sometimes like sometimes all it takes is you know sometimes you don't even need necessarily a, a solution, but it's just by defining the problem that those solutions pop out like a lot of people they actually solve their problems before we get to the solution phase of the course, which is quite cool yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah that's um that's interesting, isn't it I mean smart people yeah. you know that's there, there's a all of smart people in here who Know how to solve problems well. It's just until it's defined clearly, it's very hard to solve something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nice. All right, move on, uh, Bruce.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, one of the things that I've found particularly interesting this year is the number of times that participants use the word structure when they're talking about uh, what's made a difference for them with the course. Um, and I've been it just—it hasn't—it's not something that's occurred to me before, but I've just noticed it more and more this year. It's popped up um, in a number of different ways at different times, and it's—it's the, it's the, the structure of everything, really. But the clouds and the druids, in particular, they—they they really help people to focus on what the real issues are, and and often about something useful about how those issues are connected. Um, Perhaps more importantly, um, structure more readily opens the door for some truly creative assumptions and thus injections, and from there, of course, solutions. And of course, the foundation course is just that it's laying the foundations for deeper dives and (laughs) foundations, deeper dives. I'm mixing my metaphors there. But, but laying the foundations for extending the use of the BBIT tools more and more into critical and often complex areas where genuine creativity and a logical structure should lead to valuable solutions, or picking up a point Jarrod just made a couple of minutes ago, or if not actually to the solutions, then at the very least to a much clearer understanding of the problem and the related issues. So, so my key word for... 2021 for BBIT from the participants is structure.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, That's really interesting you say that. Um, Something funny I noticed uh, a long time ago when Bryce um, and I uh, running the in-person courses would do our introductions at the start, and we would say almost opposite things um, about the way that we think. So Bryce would essentially say when he first came across these tools, he, he likes to be quite a structured thinker. Um, and so the tools really appealed to him because they match his his way of how he likes to think, and so he found that really good. Interestingly, I was the opposite. When I first came across the school tools, I've always found that I'm a very unstructured thinker. So I was the opposite. I found them extremely useful because they finally gave me a structure that I could think more clearly about things. Right. So uh, yeah, that is that is really interesting. I hadn't sort of thought about that until until you said it. But
2: that's actually that's cool because. I, th- I think the tools really help to balance out your thinking. So, like when I first learned about them, like sort of before understanding the tools, I was probably more of a solutions person. I was always focused on that, and I would give problems very little attention. And so, obviously, my, a lot of the solutions I come up with were very hit and miss. And I think understanding the tools gave me a much more balanced perspective of you know understanding so, uh, problems first and then solutions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. all right luke how about you
1: yeah i think one of the biggest things that i got um watching participants was kind of how they grew as as a group i guess for oh, lack yeah. of better words um i remember being in when i did bbit i've done it in person a couple of times and you know you kind of throughout the week, you get to know everyone that's on your course and you kind of build some friendships. And we kind of thought that would get lost going into the online format. Um, but just being on, especially the Thursday calls, which we have every week for five weeks um, with, you know, up, up to 10 people, just the first session's always a bit... Um, you know, people were a bit unsure, but by the, by the fast run through, which is in the sixth week or the fifth week when we're doing the exercises, everyone's laughing and joking, joking around and helping each other out. And I think um, a good example was actually just in the last cohort where we, um, it was a PRT exercise and the, the end goal that we were, came across was something to do with one of the guy's sons creating a video game.
2: Oh yeah,
1: and then we had the whole kind of you know nine other participants you know all chucking in their obstacles and ios helping this guy create a plan for his son to create a video game and it's i think that's kind of a cool thing about the bbit is that everyone's kind of working together to help each other solve their problems no matter whether it's a work problem or you know something at home um everyone while they're on the course is, is quite willing to you know speak out and help and kind of create that team environment even when they're not in the same business you know like there's people from all around different offices and different companies all in this call um but still kind of offering the same kind of level of help and enthusiasm into the course which was cool to see
0: yeah
3: right if i could just comment on that luke I, i totally agree with you and i think one of the reasons is that people start to see the commonality of their problems. They that initially, when they're thinking about issues, they're thinking that, that oh, really only me or my company or my family has got this particular issue. But then they start to discover that lots of other people have got similar things and they can they can learn a lot and, and help each other a lot by dealing with them in that way. Mm.
2: And that's a lot where a lot of the out of the box thinking comes from as well as other people. When someone else goes, oh, in our company we do this, have you tried that? Or you know, we did this yeah. at my ha- my house or something along those lines.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, all right, I'll go. Um, I my mine's quite interesting uh, as as I alluded to earlier. It's to do with assumptions. Um, and I guess mine stood out. I've often sort of I suppose appreciated that assumptions are a major a major benefit for the course. Um, but given restrictions listed. Um, over here in, in Sydney well, in New South Wales, I suppose. Um, well, not that long ago, uh, basically at the end of one of my cohorts, I went to actually visit one of the uh, one of the companies who had sent ten people on the last course, and I realised that was my first, I think, face to face visit with any any client for about two years. So that was that was nice to actually go talk to somebody. Um, but it was also really good talking to them after the course uh, because sometimes we miss that, you know, you know people people leave and, and have a great time with the course and say, say their things, say their bit, and mosey off into the sunset, so to speak. And we might bump into them. Sometimes we do more work with their company. Sometimes we just keep in touch with people. But for the most part, I guess, people move on and use the tools and everything. So it was good going and catching up with them, uh, particularly because they're quite a sort of dynamic environment, I suppose. They're a fast-growing startup and everything. Um, so they've got a lot happening, a lot of decisions to make, all this sort of stuff. And really interesting was the the just predominant thing that they got most out of it was assumptions, was identifying, understanding assumptions. Um, And it's a funny thing because I sometimes say this early on in the course or in the intro, that we've got, if you look at foundations, you've got the five weeks and four of them are quite distinct tools. And then you've got this funny week in the middle where it's not really a tool per se, it's just raising assumptions. But on the other hand, it's, possibly the most valuable week of the whole course and the biggest mental shift people get, where there's there's very few instances. I'm sort of thinking through schooling was almost none. Perhaps I would say the closest you maybe get, off the top of my head, is where you do some, you know, you do science lab experiments and you have to have a hypothesis and you either prove it right or wrong. But even then, it's right or wrong. I don't think there's much to do with actually trying to define your logic or your assumptions. What are you thinking? We almost, there's probably a, this might sound extreme, but I think it might be true just off of my head. A lot of people that might go their entire life without ever considering what assumptions they're making about a belief they hold or a decision they're making or a problem they're they're looking at. And so I think that's actually one of the biggest things. And, And, you know, as I'm saying this, it's because I went to visit these guys and that's what they basically said was they're like, oh, it's just insane how many assumptions you have. Like, we can't make a decision now without the, fir- the first thing that pops up when somebody asks me to make a decision or somebody brings a problem to me. So I immediately think, what are they assuming? Or what, what am I assuming is, has to be the case here? Or if I think this is the best course of action, why do I think it's the best course of action? And just, they said, that's just, you know, it's like almost seeing into the matrix. Like, it's just actually seeing a whole different sort of, uh perspective on things and understanding yours and other people's assumptions so that you can make better decisions clearer decisions faster decisions all those sorts of things um and i just thought that was really interesting because i have sort of known this for you know the, the assumptions are important for a long time but somehow that just really grounded it for me when when going to meet them and you've got these 10 guys who've done this course with 10 people sorry done this course and um And that was just the resounding thing that had just made such a difference. And of course, they were looking at putting more people through the course and everything. And they were like, yeah, yeah, the tools are really helpful. It's great that we can break those out. But oh, man, just understanding the concepts that every decision we make, every way we view things is underlined by assumptions. And different people might be holding different assumptions. We just never considered that. And most people haven't. And so I I thought that was fascinating.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's um super interesting, especially because everything we do literally comes from the decisions we make. Yeah. And so, you know, where you are in life right now is a result of the assumptions
0: you've made. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And and everything you've done has probably formed the assumptions you hold now as well. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's almost that thing where like, you know, almost anybody can say, oh, well, if this, then that, that's, that's not a hard thing for people to say in, in that, um, but asking, asking them to explain why, to add the assumption to that, that's, that's pretty hard, mm. yeah, yeah, interesting, all right, Ben,
4: um, yeah, I guess one thing that kind of out for me is how much the course is really for everyone and everyone can get something out of it like we um I guess we talk a lot about having smart people who just need like a different perspective or a way to think outside the box or something and that can make it sound like the course is only attended by you know people who are business owners or high level managers or experts or something like that um but we do have people on the course that sometimes they do like really struggle with it and it is hard for them and they have to kind of push through it Um, and you always kind of wonder at the end of it like what their attitude will be because you know it has been a struggle but then when you talk to them they're always actually very positive because even though they might have struggled they still got a lot out of it they still had a real step forward in their you know their critical thinking and the way they look at things and kind of like what you guys have touched on they've been able to see things from a different perspective Um, and just think about things in a way they wouldn't have before. So it kind of doesn't matter where you're at now or what level you are or anything like that. Um, There's the skill aspect of the course that you will just get better in in your ability to kind of think through things and process information, even if you're not an expert in the actual kind of tools that we teach at the end of it. Hmm. Just just day-to-day abilities will have kind of leveled up. So, Yeah. uh, Yeah. That kind of stands
2: out yeah and it's interesting how like when you say it's for everyone as well because i think a lot of um, well, um you know there's maybe a few participants say that the tools seem sort of um maybe quite generic and not specific to my situation and then by the end of the course they go oh these are like this was my exact situation and it's because <laughs> well yeah the structure is a common structure but you it's your content so it's almost more specific than what you'd get uh, anywhere else.
0: Yeah, that's true. There's no there's no generic solution that we're giving anybody, is there? They're all coming up with their own unique one. And um, yeah. Yeah, as Ben said, like, you know, if, if some people are gonna have really complex things that are gonna be solving, and other people just aren't. Other people are gonna have things that perhaps they've never solved, but now they can. And they they were always perplexing to them, and now they just make more sense. Hmm. So the whole
2: teacher man to fish thing, I think a lot of online courses, they offer their solutions uh, and and obviously, well, with that, their solutions can sort of, depending, but they can become out of date, you know, or um, change over time or they might not be relevant to everyone in every situation. So I think teaching people to figure things out for themselves to work out those, you know, contextual things is, is super useful.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think that applies to anyone. Like there's two parts of the course. There are the the real structured kind of tool sets, which you can go and apply, and you can either be you know, very good at them or not very good at them. But then there's, like you say, the, the just the ability or the skill that goes alongside it that we also try and develop. So we're not just here trying to teach someone a tool. We're trying to just upskill them in their thinking. And you can kind of take that and apply that anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
4: You're always a, always a little bit hesitant at the end of the course to see like what their thoughts will be because, you know, obviously some things when people aren't very good at them or they, they struggle, they can be a bit negative towards
0: it. But,
4: I mean, that hasn't really happened so far.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing. Um, this cor- there's this course and one other course I know that have, that have this uh, consistent effect. Um, and I'm thinking more the in-person one, but that's just probably because I've, I've run it more and, and maybe perhaps the nature of it, where um, as, we got, as we got some bigger clients on there who sent more or more people through the organization, and in some cases, they were sort of, um, uh, there were even businesses that were acquired and the, you know, some senior people were sort of sent. And it's quite interesting because those tend to be the most hostile, right? Like, oh, the company has just bought you out or head office, you know, has decided that you should do this thinking course. It's like, oh, yes, you're going to go away to the mountains for a week and be locked in this uh, this location (laughs) and taught how to think the way the company wants you to think. Oh, yes, is it going to be Uh, (laughs) Kool-Aid? And and we've had a bit of that um, kind of, I suppose, attitude before. But what's consistent for me is, no matter what people's attitude is on the first day, and we ask them to be quite honest and say, what are you looking to get out of the course? And if your answer is, I don't really know, I was told to come or I was sent, um, then we would like to know that too. And that's totally fine. Um, no matter what, by the end of the course, everybody's glowing about it. It's, it's just really interesting. And one guy even said to me a couple of days in, oh, I was pretty hostile coming here, to be honest. I thought it was a brainwashing course, uh, how, to, how, to, how to fit in with corporate sort of thing. And then he said, and then I got two days in and realized you hadn't told me a single thing, like what to do. Like you'd given me all these, well, back to Bruce's word, give me all these structures and help me to put my situation into it and help me to understand my situation. He's like, but you haven't you haven't pushed for a solution, you haven't tried to push an agenda. He's like, it's it's almost bizarre. <laughs> but obviously he was wrapped with that. Um, I think it's really interesting. It goes back to what, you, what you're saying, Ben, that yeah, people some people come in hostile some people struggle a lot through the course but by the end of it everybody's got their own successes out of it and have got a lot out of it um and that's yeah yeah, it's really interesting sometimes those ones actually have got the most out of it
4: i mean some people come in and they're almost like a natural and they they almost fly through it um and they're happy with it, and obviously it's helped them, but you know, I think it's some of the ones that come in that are either hostile or, or struggle that actually have the biggest breakthroughs or the biggest
0: jump. Yeah, I think so. That's mm-hmm. yeah, I, think, I think that's
3: right, too. I think there's, there's plenty, of, uh, um, plenty of survey data around that suggests that, that the people who struggle the most on a course, whether it's online or whether it's, it's written or in person, people who struggle the most are frequently those who get the most out of it in the long run. I think I think it
2: depends. Sort of, um, just going back to sort of what I was saying about how uh, I was more of a solutions person before BBIT, and it sort of helped me balance my perspective a bit. I, I think it depends where you know how how you think in terms of where you struggle, because we can have a lot of logic. Like people who are quite good with logic, and they kind of get through the first part quite well. When it comes to the creativity side, they might struggle a bit. And I think that's where they get benefit. Whereas if you get like some creative, you know, the creatives, like the marketing people, something like that, come on, you know, they might struggle a little bit more with the logical side, but they fly with the creative side. And so there's sort of different sections where where people benefit more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, this is actually segueing very smoothly into my point for the second question. So maybe I get first <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, so the second question being, what's the biggest thing um, we've, you or we, whatever, uh, have learned or taken away from being involved with the BBAT this year? And because I've been so heavily involved in the structure and um, not, not, I suppose, building the first structure of each of these is different because that's kind of based off educated guesses from experience, but the changes based on recommendations from um uh, either well either you guys or things that I've noticed or things that um, participants have noticed is kind of the interesting one right because that's that's the changes are more more interesting it's like oh there's the insight sort of thing um, and and I found it's funny because the It's become clear this is almost a bit about this is a bit of a crossover, actually, answer because it's a bit about participants as well. But because the course, you know, it's the structural thing and the structure is there to for the participants to get the most out of it, um, it sort of fits. The bits, the bits people struggle with are actually obviously the bits people benefit most from. I mean, it's just what you guys have been saying. So I'm not really adding anything new here, but that was that was one of the major insights I had. And we even had a guy on the last cohort that Ben and I ran. Um, say that outright. He said, Look, I've done a couple of you guys' courses now. And he was actually talking to the other participants. He's saying, Look, I've done a couple of Viago's courses now. And what's interesting is the more I come up to a section and I can't get my head around it, or I really struggle to understand the concept, he goes, I know it's gonna hurt, but I know by the end of it I'm gonna get so much more out of it. And and it's true, right? Like as you're saying, the the things we already know how to do aren't that necessary to build skills in it's like sure you want to get a bit better at them but if there's a major sort of area in your thinking whether it's creativity or logical thinking that you struggle with that's going to be the hardest part of the course for you and so i suppose that's become apparent from people's feedback where they say oh well uh, this bit's really hard or it felt like the marking was kind of harsh or it felt like this or it felt like that it's Quite interesting looking at it, trying to be objective, thinking, Well, yeah, but interestingly, you've got the most out of that. And obviously, if we made it easy, you wouldn't get as much out of that. Like, as anything you do, you, you've kind of got to struggle to grow, right? Um, and that's the case with this too. And everybody just struggles in a different place. And I, I think, I think that's yeah, just, just uh, I don't know, I found that very interesting insight that. We all, we all do struggle in our area, but wherever we struggle the most, we also stand to to benefit the most from. Um, and just for a very specific case where that shows up most for me is actually going all the way back to assumptions. But actually, no, it's not even assumptions. It's it's the clarity. So if, obviously, people listening to this who haven't done the course, part of it is um, not just mapping out, you know, step-by-step cause and effect of what, what is happening here, but it's getting really clear on it and you're trying to, not write it in such a way that you know what you mean. You're trying to write it in such a way that somebody else reads it and they definitely know what you mean. They don't have to read into it. They don't have to interpret it. It's just clear to anybody who reads it that they're, they're all going to get in their head what you have in your head. And that's actually a really hard thing to do. And what's interesting is I find if, let's say you've got, you've got eight, eight uh, statements that people have made, logical statements, Um, And you ask them to, to, you give them the process and they start clarifying them and improving them. And they improve, say, six of them or something, right? And there's two of them that are sitting there that are still pretty gnarly. What's interesting is people's default, I've noticed, is to take those ones and to say, oh, well, I know what I mean there. But interestingly, those are the ones which they actually know the least what they mean there because they can't clarify it. So the ones that are trying to leave by saying, oh, well, I know what I mean the most there, are actually the ones that know what they mean the least there because they can't they can't clarify it. And so taking that time and really digging into the hard ones is where they're going to get the most benefit and where they're going to have the biggest insight into their understanding. Um, and so I thought I, I that, I've probably wandered a bit far off the, the question now, but I thought that specific case is just a really interesting situation that people... The, the, the bit where people stand to gain the most understanding on their topic is the bit where people push back the hardest on on doing the exercise. And uh, that's that's just interesting. So I suppose the insight for the structure is sometimes you know you've got to resort back to what we used to tell people in person. It's the black belt and thinking, not the white belt in wondering about things. So it is a nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go back. uh, Go back into the order that we had. So I think Jared, you went first last time. I'll I'll let you go again. Sure.
2: Yeah. So um, I guess one thing I've noticed is that different people have different ways of um, taking things or or learning things. Like some people are quite literal, and if you say, um, you know, write as many things as you can, um, you know, between sort of a causal connection. Right, assumptions they'll kind of do just that and if you tell that same thing to someone else um, they want those they'll, they'll still have filters in, in their in their mind so maybe for that person you actually have to exaggerate what you mean and say look you can you can literally write anything down just put it put it all down even if it's not what we define as a valid assumption put it down because you can move to the next one and write something out and so um i guess when helping people to understand things having an understanding of the tools helps you to better explain them Yeah, (laughs) because you can identify people's assumptions and things like that as well. Um, And so, yeah, being able to know where people are like some people are very sensitive to what you say and they might overdo it. So you might need to be, you know, and some people take it literally and then some people they really won't get it. And you have to say the same thing, you know, three or four times for it to change. Um, sorry, that's quite uh, an interesting point. I think something I learned, um, you know, probably this and last cohort.
4: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, uh, Like It's this... like they have a
2: buffer of understanding, I guess. They have a what, sorry? Like a, like a buffer of understanding. Yeah, right,
0: yeah. All right, Bruce.
3: Yeah, well what's interesting that, that one of the most the thing that I got out of this year's courses goes back to two things, really. It goes back to a book I read over last Christmas and New Year, and and to, to some comments you were just making a few moments earlier, Peter, about about assumptions. Because the book I read was called Far Sighted, How We Make the Decisions That Matter the Most by a guy called Stephen Johnson. Okay. <laughs> The reason that that I'm bringing that up now is because in that book, um, he quotes a chap called Thomas Schnelling who said that one person, one thing a person cannot do, no matter how rigorous his analysis or heroic his imagination is to draw up a list of things that would never occur to him. (laughs) And they go on to say, and yet hard choices usually require us to make those kinds of imaginative leaps to discover new possibilities that had not been visible to us when we first started wrestling with the decision to find our way somehow to the unknown unknowns lurking outside our field of vision. Now, I read that stuff in January of this year, and it's been in my mind with every BBIT that I've participated in, every every session this year, because that's what all our assumption raising is about. Our, our creative assumption raising is trying to find those unknown unknowns those those things that that would be on a list of things that would never occur to us if they ever occurred to us <laughs> And, and I, yeah, I, right. I just find that so powerful and so fascinating and picking up a point that someone mentioned a few minutes earlier I mean when I think back when was I ever I think I stopped ever being creative? When I gave up drawing in primary school, <laughs> I never, I never had the chance. I don't recall to be creative again until I did my first BBID back in about 2012. And James Powell um, encouraged and mentored me and and uh, cajoled me and enthused me with the idea of trying to be creative rather than logical. Right. <laughs> and it 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 works. It, it's it, yeah, you have to work at it. But when you do work at it and you do work at being creative on your assumptions, there's, there's all sorts of things there to be uncovered that you'd never never get to if you didn't go through that process.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboundandthinking.com to sign up now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I, I learned through slash took away from being involved um, in BBIT this year was just the power of cohort-based learning. Um, Obviously, I've signed up for online courses before and it's all been self-led but not had the kind of timing structure and live interaction that the BBIT has. Um, I think just being course director especially and having to watch kind of keep a track of how people are, going through the course has shown me how powerful having that structure and I guess it goes back to that structure that we talked about before not necessarily in the tools but just in the course in general as a whole you know we have a call on a Tuesday then they have exercises that are laid out for them videos then we have a call on the Thursday and it's quite structured and they know where they should be up to as participants Um, And I think that's been really good just to see how well that works. But I guess the one point where it all kind of came together and the power of it um, really showed was, I think, not in this last cohort, but the one before um, with a bunch of guys from the UK where they were saying, you know, we learned all the tools and they had value um, in the weekly kind of learnings they did. But the fast run through where we put everything together um, that's where everything clicked, and I think that kind of shows that you know you have to get to the end to then have that realization. Um, and we've really focused on how can we make sure everyone gets to the end of the course. Um, and at the moment, every, everyone's getting there, which is I don't know quite unheard of online courses. I think um, yeah, uh, for the well, completion yeah. rates to be so high, it's
3: great.
4: What,
2: what completion rate?
1: Yeah, I mean, last cohort was 100%. Everyone, you know, passed.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, obviously, things are going to get in the way. Some of these people doing the course are business owners, very high up in the business. Um, and they get a couple, you know, maybe a week behind. But a little email reminder that they're a week behind and normally they they catch up. Um, because it's a co- cohort-based course, they they feel like they're letting the team down on those like Thursday group calls when they don't really know what they're talking about or things like that.
3: But yeah,
2: and I think that's the other thing we you know but by focusing on outcomes over actions, like if someone um, you know the, the not haven't finished their assignments, but if they have a, a call and we go through things, we get we get that outcome that we're happy with. That's Mm. the
1: the main thing. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, the the power of the cohort um, and a bit of structure is as we've talked about before.
4: Okay, so I guess it's my turn then. Um, I think mine's. It's less of a realisation, maybe a confirmation of something we already suspected, but it, it's good to actually like see that coming through. So when we kind of went about trying to put this into an online course, um, we really focused on trying to make the course very like practical and applicable. So people actually go out and they, they practice and they use the tools and they try and build the skill rather than it be more of a like just teach them about it. Um, and I don't know that's really come through in a few participants just recently, we have had a bit of a... Um, people on both ends of that spectrum where there's been a couple that have been very good at going out and just applying it. And in some cases, they like technically actually don't have like great knowledge, I guess. You'd, if you were gonna academically grade them or something, you'd probably say they were towards the lower end in terms of their actual like technical knowledge of the tool, but they've actually gone out, applied it, and that's helped them develop their skills, and they've got some really good, like insights out of that, which has allowed them to further build on it. And at the other end, you've got people who want um, almost to know all the information before they do everything, because they almost want to try and get it perfect first time, and then they get stuck and just don't do anything, and they always think more information will kind of help them. So we're kind of seeing that those people that go out and just do it actually, you know, it's the problem solves itself because they get the win, they build their skill. And so now more and more, I guess, we now want to build that course to really focus and encourage that practical side, which is why we have, um, you know, exercises where you go and build on your own content, and apply it to your own stuff, and encourage people alongside and outside the course to work on their own stuff as well. So yes, it's kind of a realization that, well, hopefully we went in the right direction with that. And the key thing is to go out and, and practice and build it and treat it as a skill, not as a, a knowledge point. Skill to build that you need to practice and, and work on over time. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get, the faster you're going to get at it. Um, and we just need to build the course to support that as much as we can.
3: Yep, yeah, totally agree. Ben. Totally agree. Yeah. And that's the yeah. great
2: thing about it being a month long as well, is that you've got all this time apply the, apply these tools and then the likes of me and bruce to help people through things um you know this that's a that's a long time to um you know to practice and to sort of to be good with these tools you know ready ready by the time the course finishes and then of course there's also circle and everything as well
1: i think what's really cool as well is when you get a couple of people from the same business and we've had this in the in the past couple of cohorts where they start to learn the tools um, in the first couple of weeks and then by week like three four now they're coming to a session that is supposed to be kind of a generic example but they're like no we want to use this we want to actually solve this problem in our business um, we can see how powerful the tools are can we use this as the example um, and it's that kind of realization is Kind of instructors course director that these people are taking the tools that they're learning and applying it um weekly daily that kind of thing they're not just doing the course as kind of a, a course that their business has told them that they're going on they're actually applying it to their everyday problems um and then using that kind of insight and the, i guess the access to to you jared and bruce's instructors while they're still on the course is really cool to see
3: Mm, okay yep
4: Yep. i mean that might be a bit unique like kind of like you said a lot of courses you go and you learn about the things but you never really have to go and apply it to your own life and so at the end of it you go oh yeah that was interesting and you kind of promptly forget about it Whereas here, you kind of it's a structured way for you to go and practice it and I can't remember how many you said at the start, Luke, about druids and clouds being done just during this year. But, like, at least half of those are probably on, like, real-life scenarios or situations that people are going through, either personal or work-related. Yeah. I mean That's a lot of insights a lot of application.
3: Yeah, and one number that Luke quoted that I did remember was 15,800 assumptions, right? <laughs> fine,
0: it? Great stuff. But actually... um. Not not to try and get a, to you know try and pontificate or anything, but um it actually does give you a bit of perspective on how how much impact the course has on people's lives. Like you get the specific cases, and to be quite extreme, like I have been told more than once by more than one participant that it the course has literally changed your life. So I'm quite comfortable that it has massive effects for individuals, but um those numbers, Luke kind of make it clear how much just general impact it's having on everybody's lives as well on a hundred and what is it 13 people's lives this year Mm. so that's actually really cool to hear as well and actually a lot of people's problems were not necessarily just about for themselves but might
2: involve their wife or partner kids family and stuff as well so Yep. yep could be well
0: well well beyond uh 100 there yeah Yeah, that's true. Any one of those dilemmas that involves two people, solving it makes two people happy. (laughs) Ah, good. All right, well, does anybody have any uh, sort of parting shots to to wrap it up? Not not expecting any, but... um...
3: Yeah, yeah, I've got one. All right. Can't wait for next year's first cohort to start.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, it should uh, should be a big one. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening along, and thanks uh, all of us for uh, all of you guys for coming along and sharing all of this. This is probably um, one of the highest value podcasts we've done. It's there's a bunch of insights from the, the course presenters on the key things that have made differences to others. So <laughs> it's a uh, lot of a uh, lot, lot of hours of experience gone into what we've noticed in this podcast. <laughs> All right. Good stuff.
3: stuff. Thanks, Peter.
0: All right. Thank you. Catch you around later. Thanks for tuning in for everyone that's tuned in.